The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode. We're going to talk today about word of mouth marketing and who else but Dr. Frank. Hey, Paul. How, uh, you, how you doing today? You know what, Dr. Frank? I'm doing good. And uh, <laughs> I just love when you come on the program, man. Well, I like to be here. It's fun to talk with you and, and your audience. Yes. And you make me think bigger and you make me think clear. Like we were just talking. I was eating breakfast and uh, out in our green room. Slash my kitchen. <laughs> we don't have no green room. You know, the fancy people that have uh, shows like this, they have a, what's called a green room. Right. Where there's couches and, and you go and you prep or whatever. Right. So I, I don't have no green room. Yeah. But hey, that'd be cool one day, right? Yeah. But you're just saying, hey, if this is where you want to go, you have to have a clear vision of how you want to get there. And uh, I think that involves our marketing plan as, as well in business. Yeah, that's right. But uh, what I want to talk about today is about <laughs> word of mouth marketing. Okay. Sorry, Dr. Frey. Go ahead. Yeah. This is why Mr. Producer <laughs> says, I have instructions from the boss. He tells me not to talk when you're on the program because I just sound stupid. <laughs> no. So you talk and I'll, I'll listen. No, you have such excellent experience. Then why are you looking at me like, stop talking? Let no, me I don't look at you that way. I, I love to hear your story. I asked Dr. Frank, because he has a PhD from Georgia Tech. I asked you out in our green room, do you think I could get a PhD from Georgia Tech if I tried, <laughs> <laughs> if I tried really hard? Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> I think I could. Yes, you could, Paul. Thank if you, you put your mind to anything, you can do it. But about word of mouth, word of mouth marketing, we have talked, and I've heard you talk about it too a lot, and I know you and I have talked about it together even on your show, that uh, one of the best things for word of mouth marketing is customer service, great customer service. And I think we've talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And but you know what? I think there's something that goes deeper than customer service. There's, there's really um, an underlying principle behind why custom, good and great customer service produces word-of-mouth marketing. And so that's what I want to talk about today. Okay. This is going to be good. And I think it's important if you're just your first time ever listening to the Green Industry Podcast, uh, Dr. Frank comes on on, well, it's Fridays when we put the episode out in podcast land. It doesn't really matter because people are listening on different days of the week. But we've been talking about marketing week after week after week after week after week. And I just want to give a disclaimer, Dr. Frank, because some guys will have so much emphasis on word of mouth marketing that, that they think that's their plan. 
Uh, <laughs> and it's a little trickle right. of a huge plan. When you do all these little trickles, it comes together into a big stream and is effective. That's exactly right, because really what you want to do is build what's known as a complex marketing matrix, where you do have, just like you said, a lot of different things that you're doing to get your marketing message out to your target market. Uh, that's paid advertising. Um, it's putting signs on your vehicle. It's uh, great customer service and, and maybe even have an incentive program for your existing customers to refer you to their friends mm -hmm. and, uh, and all kinds of things. And they don't have to be super effective mm -hmm. to produce a few customers, but they all add up. Those little streams, like you said, they all add up to a very big river. And what's good about that Number one, you don't have to be super successful with any one of those techniques. And there's more techniques than I just rattled off. A lot more, yeah. A lot more. Mm -hmm. But your competition can't figure you out mm -hmm. because they say, my gosh, that company over there, they're growing. I need to, I need to investigate the, you. They need to investigate you and see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And they look and they see one or two things and they say, I don't see how he's doing it. He, he, I, I did exactly what he did. I'm only getting one or two, and, and he's he's going like gangbusters. Well, they don't see the whole picture. Right. That's the thing. And you want it that way. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. I just want to put that disclaimer out there as, as we dive into this, that we want to master word-of-mouth marketing, but we also want to master all the other trickles into the That's street. right. Okay, go ahead, Proceed. Well, I have met businesses, owners that in, in different industries and all <clears throat> that have built their entire company on word of mouth mm -hmm. and they never paid one thin dime for advertising. Mm. I think that's rare, mm -hmm. uh, particularly when you're starting out. That's very rare. Mm -hmm. But um, eventually you can run your business on word of mouth totally. Mm -hmm. But um, you really have to do many things to get there. I mean, if you're so well-known, everybody's talking about you, of course, it's going to be word of mouth marketing, but that may mm -hmm. take years to get there yeah. in some cases. So I, I totally agree with everything you were saying, but that's, that's, um, that's still true that there are companies that have done that. And uh, if you talk to them, and I have talked to them, if you talk to them, they'll, they'll just emphasize great customer service. Well, we treat our customers really well mm. and, uh, and, they, and they like that. Mm. Uh, they might even say things like, well, we exceed their expectations. We not only do what they expected, but we go beyond that. Mm -hmm. And we give them more than what, what we said. We, we under promise and over deliver, I think is a, a term that people use a lot. Mm -hmm. And I like that, mm -hmm. but, uh, they won't, they won't tell you a little bit more about it that goes deeper, usually because they're not aware of it themselves. If you look at the psychology behind word of mouth marketing, you can, you can dig deeper. And that's, that's what I, that I want to do today because uh, word of mouth marketing is really about somehow, some way getting your target market, your existing customers mm -hmm. or people who don't know you that get introduced to you through your, through, um, um, other means mm -hmm. that, uh, they associate a good feeling Mm. With with emotion, emotion, good, positive, and even strong positive emotions mm. with your company, mm. and so this is good, and so the the word of mouth marketing is really the essence of branding, company branding, mm -hmm. where you have um, they see some kind of a symbol, or they see your ad, or they see your truck, 
and they immediately associate that with a good feeling. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows or should know that sales is primarily emotional. Uh, Even the most logical person will uh, buy based on an emotion and then then they try to think it through to justify that emotion of why they wanted to buy. People buy because they want to buy. Yeah. You know, I was just, I was telling you a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Connie house yeah. to get, they got um, chicken hibachi and, and the rice and the vegetables and the chicken, or you can get the steak. And I walked in there the other day and it's just like, no one was working and just, I had this bad feeling. I was like, it just seems sketchy. You know what I mean? <laughs> And, uh, like, I can't find anyone. My food in the little DoorDash table isn't there. And, and, like, the floor's all just nasty, like, sticky and nasty. I don't know. I just, I didn't like going in there. I just had a bad feeling. And so, uh, same thing with Chipotle. They've been really, um, just, I, I've been, I haven't been impressed going in there. The, lo- I, the local one where you live. Yeah, the local one where I live. Now, now, back in the day, Dr. Frank, I used to have somebody who, I used to be on this thing called Snapchat, and I'd post stories there. Yeah. And me and Cheque, for those of you who are old school with following my story, you know Cheque, but this was like 2015 and 16, and we'd post these stories, and someone from corporate, Chipotle, watched my stories, and, I, and they asked me for my P.O. box one day, and they had sent me, not like a lifetime of Chipotle, but we have more Chipotle than we know what to do with. They were all these like, <laughs> they look like playing cards, but it was a free burrito, free bowl, free guac. I mean, they would just, and like, hey, if you ever run out, which I'm like, how am I ever going to eat all this Chipotle? We'll just send you more. So we go to eat Chipotle for free every day. And, um, but they had great customer service. Uh, I think her name was Nigel or something like that. Anyway, I'd go in there and they were so friendly. Hey, Paul. And, you know, I didn't even have to ask me what I want. Just make it and, you know, have a good day. But anyway, the, the Chipotle around here, same thing. I go in, it's like, there's a long, long line. No one's working. You can't even order it online because they don't, um, sometimes you can't because the, they don't have the staff. So, you know what I mean? So on, on DoorDash or whatever, it's closed the the thing. So I found Outback. I, I have a point to all this story, Dr. Frank. When I go to Outback, if I order it there, DoorDash, I go and pick it up. The real nice lady, she's an older lady. She'll come out. She's very friendly. She'll give me my bag and, you know, have a nice day. And I have a good feeling. You know, my food's ready. The lady's nice to me. So as a purchaser, as a consumer, now I, I choose Outback over Chipotle and Connie House just because I have a good feeling. So it's all emotion. It's, I, I, it's always If you all just emotion. put all three on the table, I would eat the Chipotle bowl. <laughs> I would eat the chicken hibachi. I probably like that the most. Or I'd eat, you know, something from Outback. They're all the same to me, but the emotion is, is, has, has me rolling with Outback recently. Yeah, I totally get it. And so what that means, Paul, what you were just saying, what that really means and this is an important point for business owners to really understand, is that what's even more important than the benefits of them, of a a new customer engaging with your company to get a product or a service, and mostly a service in this industry, um, more important than the benefits, and you can rattle them off, any business owner can say, well, you should pick our company because we do this good, we do that good, we do this other thing. Some of the other companies don't do this as well as we do. And all the benefits, you rattle them off. Mm-hmm. What's even more important than that is the perception of your company. Mm-hmm. The perception of, and, and that, that perception is, is primarily emotion. Mm. Uh, the, the perception that your company has or your service that your company offers is even more important than the benefits of wow. your company so or, your, or your service. And great examples of that. Now, I, I'm kind of old school, so I go back to older companies. 
But a great example of that is Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola makes the vast majority of their profits outside the U.S. And the reason why is they are, I don't know if they are now, but they used to be the world's most recognized brand. Wow. Everywhere. Their headquarters is down the street. Yeah. Here in Atlanta. Downtown Atlanta. You used to live down there quite a while when you went to Georgia Tech. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember. And uh, the... They were the best marketers. And because of that, there was a perception, in their case, global, Mm. that was invoking good feelings about their company and their product. And if you go anywhere, like uh, I've been in rural parts of Mexico before, and you Mm -hmm. see young people wearing Coca-Cola shirts. It's like like they're glad to wear it It, because they, in I believe, the essence of that brand around the world is that Coca-Cola represents a piece of America wow. and being free in, 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 in a land of opportunity where you can, you can be anything that you want. Yeah. That's what Coca-Cola represents. It's a soft drink company. It's probably but, not healthy for you. Well, the sugar part isn't, but it's a, it's a soft drink company. And yet, People feel emotion about wow. the brand that that so is part good, of Dr. America, Frank. yes, sir, and they want to be part of it, and they want to wear the shirts and 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 the paraphernalia. Mm. Uh, that's one example. In fact, um, they're so good at marketing. This is an honest story, Paul. I went down to the this is several years ago. I went to the Coca Cola Museum downtown. Like, yeah, I've been about. there. Yeah, and the first thing you do is you go in there and you sit. At least I don't know if they do that now. I haven't been there in many years, but. You sit in the auditorium there, and they show you a Coca-Cola movie. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and they had um, uh, the one of the past presidents, Gozetta. He's long passed away. Um, <clears throat> they named one of the business school, the business school at Emory University, after him. I think because he donated a lot of money. But um, he gets on there and he talks about Coca-Cola, and they show you scenes of the Coca-Cola trucks going through the rural the dirt roads of Africa and Latin America and South America and Asia. And, and they unload the, the crates of Coca-Cola and they put them down and they show you the young people and the old people drinking them. And mm-hmm. it's just like real life experience with Coca-Cola. And it was so emotional that I almost started crying. Oh, man. It was so, it was Coca-Cola soft drink. And yeah. they're, 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 they're just showing you videos about the soft drink and people using it in their everyday life. And it, I, I felt like I was going to cry. It was wow. so emotional. I felt so good coming out of it. You there. know, Pastor O, my pastor was saying one Sunday or Saturday, pardon me. Um, he was saying that uh, he was watching a Publix commercial. Yeah. And he started tearing up <laughs> because they did such a good job. Yeah. We're shopping as a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting there in bed and he's like, oh man, he's felt a tear. And he's like, it's a Publix commercial, but it, it struck his emotion. Right. And he shops at Publix. Right. He, he don't like no raggedy grocery store. Right. And there, and there's large, uh, companies that um that do that where the commercial is more about making you feel something than than about the benefits of the product um but the point is is that another point is is that small companies need to do this as well as big companies all companies need to do this let, let me give you one more example though you're on about, fire today frank <laughs> well you got me going on a fun t- topic oh. the another company that used to be i don't think it's as true now as it used to be because the company has changed so much. But back in the 70s and 80s, uh, even in the 90s, um, that goes back a while, 
IBM was well known in corporate America as the IT company. If you mm-hmm. needed to to bring in uh, some software, some hardware, and and uh, and it was important for your application, uh, y- y- and you were the one in charge with picking the the vendor, bringing you you interviewed and brought in companies that competed with IBM, and 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 they all told you the story about why their product is better. Almost always, IBM would would win out, mm. and it wasn't necessarily because they had the best product, but they had the perception of having the best product. And it was so true, that idea, that it was often said in corporate America that nobody ever got fired by picking IBM. Even mm. if the product didn't work as good as maybe the, the startup company that had a, a, a whiz-bang better wow. technology— they they couldn't compete with IBM because the perception was in corporate America, uh, if you know if I make the wrong decision here as a manager, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in trouble. I could even get fired because it's they screwed up. Well, even if IBM screws up, nobody's gonna blame me for picking IBM because they're the biggest in the business and the most reliable, and everybody knows that. And not just corporate America. I as I watch the Masters golf tournaments over the years, yeah. Um, IBM's one of the sponsors and the yeah. Masters golf tournaments about as prestigious sporting event, you know, I would put it above the Super Bowl in, in prestige, maybe not popularity, but it's, right. it's prestigious. It's For sure. the, the reverence the players have the patrons. It, it's a phenomenal event. And as I watch it over the years, one of the things I love is they don't clutter it with too many commercials. Um, they, they just have kind of a, you know, they have their commercial. What I'm trying to say is the sponsors have to probably pay big money because they only, it's really selective of when they run their ads or whatever. Right. Um, but, you know, I watched the Masters and at the beginning, Jim Nance, you know, thank you to IBM. And it's just always just stuck with me. Like, ah, it just always, in my mind, IBM is so prestigious. And I'm not even in that world. I don't even, I didn't know what they did. Well, I don't they, even know what IBM stands for. They, uh, international business machines. Oh, wow. But the, I think the type of company they are today is very different than 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, they've kind of reinvented themselves a couple of times. But anyway, that used to be the idea. It makes the point that the perception of IBM in the uh, minds of the potential buyers was way more important than the benefits of their product that they were selling. Yeah. Well, speaking of commercials, we're no Augusta National Golf Club around here, Dr. Frank or Masters. <laughs> we got to pay Mr. Producer salary, which ain't cheap. So we're going to take an obscene profit timeout here from today's show sponsors. We'll have more with Dr. Frank. He's on a roll today, guys. We got to keep this machine gun rolling here. More Dr. Frank on marketing coming right up. Hey folks, we have a thing coming up here. It's called Together in the Trades. And it is a summit for couples in business. In Nashville, Tennessee. June 2022. (laughs) June 25th, 2022 at the Music Study Center. In Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, and it's going to be so exciting. It is a summit on how not to get divorced from your spouse if you work together. Yes, and it's not the be-all end-all, but it's tools and tips to help you work on your spouse and your relationship together if you run a company together. Because believe it or not, you run a company together and you may not even know it even if the other person has a job outside the business because you're both bringing that stress home. And it's not just us talking. We bring in industry professionals and we also bring in real life examples like ourselves. (laughs) We're constantly marriage counselors, things like that. So June 25th, 2022. Togetherinthetrades.com. Nashville, Tennessee. It's going to be an awesome time. See you there. Hey. 
Hey, Landscaper, do you work hard all year for freedom but still feel as though your money controls you? Unfortunately, because you can't give bookkeeping your full energy or focus, it just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. Because your business demands your time elsewhere, you need a personalized bookkeeping solution dedicated to your industry. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, now known as the Landscaping Bookkeeper, is dedicated to giving your time and peace of mind back through our monthly bookkeeping service. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. We want you to become a confident and informed business owner. We'll take care of your grain so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. Hi, this is Jason with Lake Tap Landscaping. I used Paul's price increase letter this off-season in February. Sent it out to all my clients for a minimum 10% increase and was able to get 100% acceptance rate from all my lawn maintenance clients. It's a great decision to uh, raise your prices on a yearly basis. You can pick up the price increase letter at greenindustrypodcast.com. All right, guys, back with Dr. Frank talking about word-of-mouth marketing. What do you got for us, Dr. Frank? Well, the point I was making a moment ago, I think, deserves a little bit more attention. Okay. And that is uh, word of mouth marketing through branding. That's the idea of it, it. Label of it, rather, is branding, where you're you're trying to associate strong, positive emotions with your company and your service or your product. It's not just for your large corporations. It's for every company, even, even the single guy in a truck with the equipment in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing lawn service. Truck in a truck. <laughs> it's for even small companies. That's right. And and the reason for that is that um, branding is about expressing your company values consistently through positive experiences with your company, its products, or its services, so that potential customers and even existing customers will feel really good about it so that they'd want to... Um, engage you for the service or they want to keep you mm-hmm. uh, if they're an existing customer. So brand branding really facilitates building ongoing and meaningful relationships between your company and your market. Now, what company needs to do that? Every company, right. every company needs and to I do think, that. I think the most common mistake in the lawn and landscape field from what I've experienced, Dr. Frank, is we get obsessed with getting the customer but what you're saying is the branding is 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 actually not just for new customers; it's to the existing customer as well. To to be mindful that we're always marketing to them. That's exactly right. And another fallacy that uh, business owners really need to think about is if branding is about your market's perception of your company, then y- it, you're not really trying to build a brand. You already have a brand. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is manage the brand that you already have to make it better. Mm. Every You're going to have a, there's already an existing perception about your company. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be well known and that's why you got to get some visibility, but where you have visibility, there's a perception. Yep. And so branding is really about managing that perception that you are, that's already exists mm-hmm. to make it better and then maintain it so that it, it stays good. So that, that's, that's a key idea. So if you don't manage your, your company's brand, how your market or even segments in your market perceive your company and your service, then uh, you are defaulting and others 
will be managing it for you, including your competition. And you can't count on your competition to manage your brand in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So you, you have really no choice as a business owner, but to manage the perception your company has in the marketplace. So uh, what do you do about that? Let's talk about that. How do you manage a brand? You asking me or are you going to answer? It's a rhetorical oh. question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting nervous over here, Dr. Prega. <laughs> you know, the first thing you want to do is you want to really decide as a business owner what your company stands for. And that really needs to be congruent with the reasons that people would want to use your, your company or your service in the first place. Mm. But you got to really think about that. And the only person who can really do that well is the business owner, mm-hmm. the one who, who's got a lot of skin in the game and cares about the business passionately. Mm-hmm. What does your business really stand for? And I know you've given that a, a lot of thought over the years with your business. And what, what have you determined and how has that evolved? Yeah, well, I think in in both sides of a home service based business, and now what we're doing with the resource center, the Green Industry Podcast dot com, it's yeah. the exact same answer, and that's trust. And so, in the example of a you know going out and quoting a landscape job, it's really when you're standing on the property and Mrs. Smith's asking you a question that there's something in my aroma, in my answers, in my countenance, and and in every part of my business right. that she's like, wow, I really trust Paul. And we can quotes from all these guys, but I just feel like Paul's going to do the best job. Yeah, they I, feel, they, they feel. feel that I'm competent, that I know what I'm talking about. And I have their best interest in mind. I'm not, I'm not just selling them the most expensive design, but I'm doing what's right for their property, their budget, just the, the trust. And, you know, the last few years, our new project, Dr. Frank, we've been building the resource center. Um, at the green industry podcast.com. And I think about trust. I want people to trust any piece of growth in their business where they want to go to the next level. They trust Paul Jamison. They trust the green industry podcast that I have the, whether it's a document like our, our price increase letter, or it's a training course, like with why I brought you in and John right. Pajak and right. some of the other folks, I try to get the best of the best of the best. Cause I want people to trust if they click buy now that they know it's going to be, like you said, exceed their expectations. So my, my answer is one word. It's trust, trust. building trust. Mm-hmm. And you probably didn't know that right off the bat when you first started, you evolved into that understanding, didn't you? Right. I evolved in that understanding. Plus in the early days, I didn't have the, um, I wasn't able to build a trust. I, I didn't know the names of, of the different types of turfs and, and plants and, you know, I didn't have a billing policy that was, I just, I didn't, I wasn't trustworthy in, in the early days of business. So I, I think it was experiencing letting customers down enough Yeah. when you get enough reps where customers are disappointed in, 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 in various parts of my business that it, I realized, wow, I got to get this together. Right. And as I got together, I realized, oh, what I was really doing is they just want to trust my billing. They want to trust my expertise. They want to trust the process. They want to trust, trust, trust. So I, I built into it, but I didn't come out of the gate. Right. On um, excellence with that. And that's not the only way to build a business, but that's what made sense to you for what your company stood yeah, for. Yeah. And I shared this before, Dr. Frank, on the air. I was out there, I'd wear a cutoff t-shirt and, and some raggedy gym shorts. You know, it's just shorts I wear to the gym. Right. I was out some guy's front yard and he came out and scolded me. He's like, Paul, 
He's like, do you know who my neighbor is down the street? You know, that's the vice president of blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> I think it was UPS or whatever. UPS headquarters was here. Wow. He, that's the vice. I forget what, you know, he's, 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 he's like, that guy lives right there. You know, you know how many millions he's worth. And here you are. And he's like, listen, he was trying to help me out. He's trying to send me a message. He's like, that guy drives by and he sees you. You know what I mean? And, and you look, look at you, you know, and here I am. I'm, I think, you know, I got my little stringy arms hanging out of my tank top and this is back before I was working out and I had my little shorts on and, and I looked, I just looked raggedy and he was trying to make the point. You have the opportunity to sell a job to this, you know, crazy multimillionaire successful neighbor of mine. But basically my customer is saying, I'm embarrassed to even refer you to him. Cause I don't think you have what it takes to to manage that caliber of a person, you know right. what I mean? So anyway, after that, I had my khaki pants or khaki shorts on, it was hot and a golf shirt and, and never looked back. Never looked back. Yes. And so and that was branding. Just that was branding. Stepping Absolutely. up my apparel and, it affect, and my employees apparel. It affected how they felt, the emotion that they felt when they engaged you, even by just driving by. That's an engagement. Yeah. Cause I wasn't even thinking and I didn't know who the guy was. I didn't know. I knew, I mean, I knew the guy's house was really nice. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but anyway, that's, well, the other thing you want to do, Paul, is um, not only uh, figure out what your company stands for, and it needs to be somewhat congruent and relevant to what you believe your market is looking for in that service or company that you offer. You also want to uh, stand for something in your brand that's both common and unique. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is you need to stand for the things that your competition does, too, like uh, we cut the grass really well. We're professional. We know what we're doing. Uh, we're very knowledgeable. That's common stuff. But you also need to figure out what you stand for that's distinctly unique. You need to do both. Mm-hmm. And those need to be elements in all your advertising hmm. uh, or communications, even yeah. if it's one-on-one, just talking verbally. Yeah. I know, Dr. Frank, a lot of these guys are going to battery-powered equipment. Sandy, if you're listening, and, and a lot of guys. Yeah. And so that's that's something that's very unique. Um Yes. Just one example, but. And you, your branding, whether you realize it or not, in every communication. And so you want to make sure in any kind of communication, whether it's written, it's something you paid for in advertising, or just talking with people, with your existing customers, you want to communicate what you stand for that's both, both common and unique and in simple ways that are easy to understand, evoke emotion, and with as few words as possible. So it's very efficient. And one of the very best ways to do that is telling stories. Mm -hmm. Tell stories. You've got amazing stories uh, in your business of people working on people's yards and and doing the landscaping and and the lawn Before and after. Yeah, before Before, and after. Right. Amazing stories. Uh, Stories of things that you know about your competition where they really screwed up and why it's important to be aware of those kind of potentialities, Mm -hmm. Uh, all kinds of stories Mm -hmm. uh, where, where they might say, wow. Mm -hmm. And they might even want you to tell them another story. Stories are a great way to accomplish that because they invoke feeling and emotion Mm -hmm. and, and they demonstrate um, something about you that, that, that you, that you care about and you stand for. So that's, uh, another thing I should mention, and I, we should have mentioned this earlier, is um, if you do branding right, where, and it could be um, just they see your sign on your truck all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's branding. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they if they have a good feeling, and they the perception of your company over time is positive, 
it helps decrease price sensitivity for your service. That's so good. And uh, that's really important because if yeah. they never heard of you, they, they can't. Um, you should have lots of good reviews mm-hmm. uh, on the review sites online because people always check that. If, mm-hmm. if it's, that's a third-party validation. Word of mouth is through friends is a third-party validation. Mm-hmm. Almost as good is good reviews online, mm-hmm. Google reviews. That's important. Testimonials on your website, that's also a third-party validation. That's a type of word of mouth mm-hmm. that manages perception of your company. But if they think you're really good, they got a good feeling Mm-hmm. You can charge more because so it's worth it. It's, it's that trust factor that you were just talking about. People are willing to pay. For, not everybody, but most people are I, not some markets, not most people, but in every market, lots of people want the very best. Yeah, and, especially here in Atlanta, man. It's like this, this market booming, man. People want a nice yard. Yes. And so, so that price sensitivity, you know, if you, if you um, have, the perception that your company is the best in this or that you can, you can get a premium price. That's so good, Dr. Frank. So I think we covered it pretty good for now. I'm just hoping that this will stimulate the right thinking of all the business owners to start. I I can't give them the recipe. I can only give them the principles and then they in their uniqueness can figure it out from there. If you're thinking about the right things, you'll come to the right conclusion. Yeah. And what kind of was a gateway for me, Dr. Frank, with really expanding my mind and thinking about marketing and, and getting many breakthroughs, you know, in, in actual applying all this is when we sat down and we did a training program called how to get and how to keep customers. And I remember I was sitting out there on the couch getting mad at you. Cause I was like, why didn't you tell me this earlier, man? Like, <laughs> Cause you made me think and you made me like, I just saw marketing. If I would have taken like an assessment of what, you know, write an essay on marketing uh, before we started recording those modules. And then after, I mean, it would have been night and day, just how much I learned as a marketer and this is something we always got to stay fresh on and, and on top of the game because so much is um, evolving with the on, especially with the online marketing and, and balancing online versus offline and the proportions we allocate our time and money to building our marketing plans. But anyway, I say all that as an endorsement. Um, I'm honored that you're part of our resource center, Dr. Frank, uh, with a training program. It's called How to Get and Keep Customers and uh my camera only records 29 minutes and 59 seconds. So you'd run it right up to the thing. I'm trying to give you, you know, two minute warning, Dr. Frank, two minute warning. You just go right to the end and the camera shuts off every time. Cause you're just, uh, you're passionate about this. And, uh, anyway, guys, as, as a listener of the green street podcast, if you listen to these episodes with Dr. Frank and you're just like, man, this is just like drinking from a fire hose of, of, um, revelation and understanding from your experiences yeah. in your businesses and your, you know, research, uh, I love how you're so um, intentional to research. Um, Anyway, guys, you can take uh, Dr. Frank's ceiling as your floor. Did I say that right? Dr. Frank, your ceiling is their floor. Yeah, so they launch out from where you're at now. That's that's right. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, I want to under-promise and over-deliver, right? Right. I'm I'm picking up on these lines, guys. So anyway, you guys can um, enjoy the uh, benefits of learning from Dr. Frank in our How to Get and then how to keep customers because we you hit heavy on that upselling, cross-selling, all those things in the course. Um, so anyway, that's available at our resource center and that's at thegreenindustrypodcast.com.
This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.